Welcome to 17 Minutes of Science. My name is Sarah Cheeseman. I'm a scientist here at Invivo Biosystems and have been on the show many times. And today we have a guest I'm really looking forward to as we continue on our theme of the next generation of scientists. I have with me Neha Gupta, who's joining us from Hamilton, Canada. And she helped me orient that she's about an hour out of Toronto. So for those of you needing to brush up on your geography, she is <laughs> located in the greater area of Toronto. So our subject that we're gonna talk about today is toxicity testing using C. elegans as a young scientist. So Neha has long been interested in science and STEM topics. She started competing in science fairs since she was 12. And she will tell us more about that when we chat. She's now a junior in high school. So she's been at this for a while and she's had um, participated in Bay Area Science and Engineering Fair. She's competed in national level in Canada and international level fairs as well. So we'll hear more about that. She uses uh, C. elegans as a model to test for toxicity and has uh, required her to develop a method of quantitatively modeling worm behavior, which is something that hasn't been done before. So we will get into that as well. So I'd like you to meet Neha, who say a few words about yourself. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Neha Gupta, as Sarah said. Um, I'm in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and um, I'm really excited to be here today and uh, share my passion for science and uh, discuss the use of C. elegans in my research, which is something that, you know, uh, was partly unconventional, not planned, but um, I'm really passionate about researching in science. Um, I love advocating for more women in STEM. Um, I love academics and I love challenging myself. I also love uh, extracurriculars like running and swimming and such. And it's just a pleasure to be here today and discuss my research. Thank you for taking time out of that very busy schedule to tell us all about it. So tell us how you got interested in the STEM pursuits and then what sort of drove you in the direction of working with worms and how you, how you got going on that. So I thrive in inquiry-based learning. I actually first interacted with inquiry-based learning when I was in the fifth grade. And um, I was sent to a gifted program as a part of my school. And there I was able to interact with the idea of starting your learning with a global question that you can answer through the different disciplines that you're passionate about and seeking uh, to work towards a global idea and something that is applicable to so many different domains. Uh, so for me, because I had always been, uh, I had always been able to see science from a young age, I began to incorporate science through the inquiry-based learning method. So being able to ask a question and then derive an answer using the so many different disciplines that science offers. My family, we're kind of the science family. We have careers in science and are interested in science. So because of that, as a young girl, I had exposure to science already. And I was able to see myself in the subject that uh, sometimes can be seen as having a barrier in front of it. So I'm really lucky to have had my family in science and they gave me the capacity to dream about being a researcher and have that as something that's accessible to me and something that appeals to me more than, you know, as a kid, when you dream of being a ballerina or a chef, it gave me uh, the ability to believe that I could be a researcher, that I could go into STEM and particularly into science. And my passion for research kind of came off of that. Well, I love that because our lived experience so much informs how we see ourselves. So you were lucky to have that. But yes. I'll see more after we get through a couple of these questions about your 
your goal to be that embodiment for other girls, because as you say, you have to see yourself sometimes to believe it's possible. That's huge. Yeah. So tell us about, um, about how you're using C. elegans in your research and, and how you're using it to study talks and, and what that looks like. So I carried out a study that focused on the detection of uh, chemical toxicants in water bodies. And I used C. elegans as a model to uh, visualize the changes in their movement. Essentially, I exposed C. elegans nematodes to different chemical toxicants, both metals and non-metals. And I exposed them also to different concentrations of these compounds. And what I was able to do was to quantitatively analyze their movement by subjecting them to electrotaxis also within a microfluidic channel. And I was able to also implement code that was developed on the MATLAB platform to help me identify paradigms in nematode movement. And uh, for the first time, then I was able to quantitatively get results as to establishing paradigms of nematode movement in comparison to their velocity, their thrashing patterns, and overall movement trends. And the process that I was able to test uh, and work on actually reduces water screening cost by 2,184%. It costs about $1.50 Canadian uh, per household per month. And that really does significantly reduce the barriers, the current barriers to cost and accessibility of water screening and can allow for particularly resource poor settings to actually be able to actively identify chemical toxicants in water bodies and then make decisions as to what water that can be consumed. Hmm. So did you, it sounded like you started in the lab maybe creating your own solutions. Did you then take it to the field? Have you gathered specimens from out there in toxic places? <laughs> uh, because of COVID-19, uh, research in terms of field work was extremely limited here in Canada. Uh, we're, we're still in lockdown, actually. So this project, the goal ultimately was to be able to use fieldwork to test for water toxicity. But because of COVID-19 and because of public health, I wasn't able to do that. But that is a next step, uh, looking at when Canada opens up, hopefully a bit more uh, in recent weeks. Um, hopefully, I will be able to take samples from uh, local bodies of water that do have toxins and test for them using the system. That will be so interesting. Yes. To see that leads you. Yes, of course, there's always the next version of what we're trying to do, informed by where we are today. And is this a story that you take into a science fair? Tell us about competing in science fairs and the kinds of work you've, you've shown there. Yeah, um, since I was 12 years old, actually, I've been participating in science fairs. I did take this particular project to science fair uh, since, um, since 2017, actually, I've been competing in the Bay Area Science and Engineering Fair, which is the regional fair in Canada. And uh, from there, I've been lucky enough to be able to uh, represent my region at the Canada-wide Science Fair in 2017 and 2018. And in 2019, I was given the opportunity to attend the International Science and Engineering Fair uh, as a student observer, so I didn't actually present a project that year, but this year I was able to take this research that I did perform uh, for about six to seven months, and I was able to uh, present it at the International Science and Engineering Fair this year as a finalist. And it was really exciting getting to share my research with a global platform of scientists and also getting to uh, know all of these scientists from all over the world that are youth and that are interested in the same topics that I am. Hmm. And was that made possible by, was it a virtual science fair? Yes, it 
was it was a virtual science for actually and although it was a different platform it still provided that same sense of community that science for is always able to provide me with and that's what is always so important and infectious about science fairs uh, knowing that um, there's a humbling reminder of the amount of youth that are in science regardless of whether the fair is virtual or in person and uh, it's great to see the global reach of science and how uh, students from different countries are able to uh, filter through the experiences and problems that they see in their own areas and be able to come up with a solution through science. I imagine the work that you're doing would have international interest for other areas of the world that struggle with these issues of, of water quality and maybe are resource can, more resource constrained. Did you, did you develop any interesting um, friendships or collaborations through the science fair that you think may continue on? Through science fairs, you're actually able to network so much and, and meet other people. You're also able to just communicate with judges that are experienced in areas that you're passionate about. So every year after science fair, I've been able to make uh, such lasting connections that um, actually still last today. Even participants that I met in 2017, I still interact with them today. So science fair really is this, this community of tight-knit people that are passionate about the same things. Mm -hmm. That is very exciting. And I love, I've heard from multiple colleagues of mine who've participated in virtual meetings this last year, how it enabled them to connect with people they might not otherwise have been able to because they didn't have to travel or some other means that would have prohibited them. And so it actually has expanded the access in order for people to connect in this way. It sounds like that's been your experience too. Definitely. That's very exciting. And so, so science fair, and then you've, so that already happened this year. No, wait, it's 2021. Yes, you said it happened this year. <laughs> having it happened this year. Yeah, just last month, actually. Oh, okay. So you're fresh on that. And you said that you, you were, what was your placement? You mentioned it. Sorry? So did you receive um, an award there or you received? I, um, I actually didn't win at um, the international level, but I was able to win at my regional level to make it to the international level. But it was just a pleasure to be able to represent Canada on the global platform. So I'm really just honored uh, and humbled that I was chosen to represent my country. Absolutely. Well, it's all an achievement. It's all an achievement. That's great. So tell us more about your interest in supporting young women to become involved in STEM pursuits and hopefully careers and, and what you're doing in that regard. So through my experiences in science fair, I've been able to interact with so many people, as I've said, and uh, it shows us all participants in science fair or whether you're just going to see what research students have done, it shows you that there are barriers to science but that they've also been able to be overcome by so many people. And from participating in science fairs, I've been able to learn that science fairs are so much more than science. Um, and had I not had the exposure I had in science and in STEM from that young age, I might not have seen science as something that was accessible to me. So that really drove me to learn about how other young women became involved in science and they shared similar stories that I had. So in December of 2019, I actually founded um, a nonprofit organization that is called STEM Empowerment, and it's based on Twitter uh, by the name STEM Empowerment CA, uh, stands for Canada. 
And uh, through this platform, I seek to reach youth from all around the world and to share stories of those that have been able to become involved in science and STEM and have become intern trailblazers. And through STEM Powerment, I've started a hashtag called Wednesdays for Women. So every Wednesday, I highlight one woman that has uh, been able to pave her own way in her respective area. And I seek to show people from all around the world or anyone that is accessing this platform, show them that women exist who have done the difficult job of finding their own way in an area and meant to motivate youth all over the world to also see themselves in uh, that environment. And uh, that's something that I'm really passionate about. So. Uh, I really do love my involvement in STEM empowerment. Also in August of 2020, so amidst COVID-19, I was also able to co-found a magazine that is based on Instagram. It's called Dimensions Magazine. And what Dimensions does is allow, again, for youth to be able to share their experience and stories in science. So we actually publish student-written articles uh, based on science and STEM topics. And uh, it's published in an accessible online format to allow for youth to interact with science. And it's actually a 100% female-led initiative so far. And it's just great to see how so many um, youth uh, women from all around the world, most literally from all around the world. We have members from India to the United Kingdom to the Philippines, uh, Spain, uh, and Canada, the US, uh, how so many individuals are able to unite and work together to actually spread science throughout our communities. And when I founded uh, Dimensions, I actually never imagined that so many people would want to get involved. Well, that is the wonderful thing about the reach of these tools, right, is that it creates possibilities where otherwise it might have been really challenging to connect. That's yeah. inspiring to hear you, hear you frame it like that. Can you tell us with your um, Amazing Women Wednesdays or whatever that special nod is called, one of the favorites of late that you profiled? Uh, it's called Hashtag Wednesdays for Women. Okay. And um, one of my recent favorites I highlighted uh, the first woman to run a marathon. Um, it's Catherine Schweitzer, and she participated in the, uh, she participated as the first woman in a marathon. And I was able to highlight her journey to registering in the race, how she concealed her gender, and essentially how she was able to go through the journey of actually running the race and the instances of where there were actually men who came onto the course to try to remove her. And, uh, Although that's not uh, particularly science oriented, it's a journey that you can also see in science as well, young women being um, turned away from going into science and her struggle is truly global. So she was able to in turn pave the way for uh, women to run marathons. And I actually came up with that inspiration because I ran the Around the Bay uh, marathon that's based in Hamilton. So I was thinking of, uh, oh, I might just do something in athletics. And I came across the first woman to run a marathon. So I thought that's perfect to be able to highlight that women. Mm, that is a powerful story. And as you say, a lot of synergy there between the two paths. Mm. Marathon. You said you ran it? You ran a marathon? I actually participated in the Around the Bay, but I ran the 5K race that is that branches off of the marathon. Well done. That also, <laughs> all of it is impressive to me. <laughs> well done. 
in our last minute, because it's almost over. That's what we, I promised you it'd go by so fast because we were talking about so many interesting things. But in our last minute, uh, tell us what you're planning for the future after you're done with high school or yourself, see yourself going. We'd love to hear more. I really want to go into university and I want to pursue science. I know that for a fact. I'm passionate about medicine. Uh, my passion for medicine branches off of my grandfather, who's a retired orthopedic surgeon, and he resides in India. And what my grandfather was able to do was after his retirement, open a clinic to provide medical care for those in poverty. And so from seeing how passionate he is about his work, it showed me that helping others truly is an end goal. And uh, the way that he's so positive about his work uh, showed me that health is truly a gift that is the most valuable or one of the most valuable that you can give others. So I definitely do want to pursue medicine as I grow older. I'm also, uh, I want to complete a full marathon someday. Uh, I want to be able to work as a lifeguard eventually. And I really just want to make my own place in the world and show others that uh, you can do it too. Well, based on just meeting you for 17 minutes, I have every confidence that you will achieve those goals that you set out for yourself because you seem like you're very focused and have Thank lots. You so much. All of them sound wonderful. You accomplished half of them. That would be amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, well, Naya, it's been really lovely to meet with you and, and hear about what you've been doing and what you envision for the future as, as our listeners and viewers tuned into this. Um, Neha has a lot going on on social media. She also has a blog. So I believe we will post a link to her blog probably off this Facebook event so that if you're interested in seeing what she's up to in those other spaces, you can easily find her there. So we'll, we'll call it there for today. But thank you again, Neha. It was really a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Okay, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for joining us.